Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Nerd Thug Radio. This is Corey DLG and with me as always is little brother Nico. Hey, that's me. That is you. That's good radio when you when you say hey like that. That's we're nailing it. Yeah. Uh, I've uh, been doing this for a million years. I didn't win the lottery on Saturday, so I am back here doing this yet again. Uh to be fair, I think that if even if you did, you would still do it. Let if me only let, to hang out with me. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay, listen, I love you, but you have grossly misjudged my <laughs> relationship with hundreds of millions of dollars if you think I will ever do anything ever. Like if it isn't almost illegal, I don't want to do it once I have hundreds of millions of dollars. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be one of those just tasteless absolute scum guys. Once I have like hundreds of millions of dollars, you know how like we've had the conversation before where we're like, who's the person who buys the model to eat sushi off of her? Right. Yeah, that's gonna be like at all my lunches. They'll be like, yeah, that guy has like a model with sushi at lunches. It's weird. They're in the they middle of the subway sushi here. Yeah. He literally walked her into a subway and made her take her robe off. It was very inappropriate. That that's Sir, gonna be. I have to ask you to leave. And then I'm gonna write a check, shove it in, a la Bruce Wayne in the first Batman movie, and be like, and "He's like, I own this subway." That's right. They'll be like, "Sir, you can't just pay us." And he's like, "No, you don't understand. I own this subway." <laughs> so I bought the bank. Thanks, Bruce Wayne. It's a weird flex when you buy a subway, because that's a real thing. You can do that. can't write a check for a hotel when you're just being a jerk at dinner. That's not... I mean, if you give it to the right person, I'm sure he can work something out. Yeah, I mean, listen, if I'm the maitre d' of a fine dining establishment in Gotham, and Bruce Wayne shows up with two Russian models, and they're they're dunk diving in the fountain at the front, I mean, I could... There's a number he can squeeze out that I'm going to let it happen. But it's not hotel buying. I mean, listen, if you if he gave me a check so large that he thinks he's buying a hotel, uh, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> this yeah, make, is now my hotel. Make that out uh, to I don't cash. Think you know Mr. who Wayne. this belongs to, but yeah. okay. <laughs> I mean, you could have bought it with stock. You know, I mean, we're part of the Holiday Inn family. Um, <laughs> this is a publicly traded, publicly traded company, sir. Like, there's a lot more people we have to talk yeah. to. We got to vote just on a manager. This. <laughs> yeah. I will, however, take this check, though. <laughs> this is blank, right? I can just write my name on it. Yeah. Make that out to cash. We'll we'll deal with it from there. Yes, they may absolutely play around in this pool. Everyone leave them alone. No one look at them. <laughs> Bruce Wayne shows up the next week, and he's like, yeah, someone cashed an $80 million check, so I'll just go ahead and take the suite. And they're like, oh, sir, no, that's not how this works. And then he writes another $80 million check because he's a multi-trillionaire, apparently. And also because he doesn't understand how buying stuff works. It's it's literally the professional athlete conundrum all over again, right? Yeah. <laughs> we somehow have, have stopped past... I don't know how to purchase things anymore because I'm so yeah. wealthy. <laughs> yeah, I think the the I think it was like up to like 260 after taxes. And uh, somebody won it. I don't know who, but somebody won it. And so... Good for them. Here I am, back on the radio, schlepping away. I mean, just to get there eventually, right? Listen, 
260, 260 million via radio, that's a long time or one Spotify deal. That's how that works out. Yeah, or so I've heard. <laughs> one Howard Stern Spotify deal or whatever. <laughs> I'll be on Sirius XM. You have to pay $40 a month to listen to one internet radio show. There's certain things about that business model that are that are interesting and certain things about it that are ridiculous, right? Like, I think the price is probably where they're wrong. I don't know what they charge anymore at all. Also, because everybody knows that they'll renegotiate with you, there's almost no reason to ever pay the price. And also, like, what are you getting on SiriusXM that you aren't getting on, like, the internet? <laughs> uh, it's the same. I don't know. Like, the same thing you get on a Netflix or a Hulu. I've given... The the argument that like this content's everywhere, therefore you don't need to. I've that's a losing argument now. Like because people do stream, tens of millions of people stream. The cable cutting has happened. It's a thing. It's over. The war is over. The streamers have won. I've got I get charged eight different times a month for nine dollars. Uh, I don't I don't even know what I'm. I don't even know anymore. You know what I mean? Like uh, who who knows? You're like you're like what could possibly this be? And you're like oh thanks it's. Yeah. Oh, Disney Apple TV. ESPN oh, yeah. And or this and or that and or Disney this. Plus. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Netflix. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, HBO. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's oh, it's over. It's over. The streamers won. They're it never going to merge. They're all going to just take us $10 at a time. Well, there's no The thing that doesn't make any sense is that only a few of them are even profitable. Like, I don't know if you've heard about HBO being like just a massive money hole. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I think that's partly because the guy just shredded all of their plans. Like they didn't. There was like six movies they were going to release that they didn't wind up releasing. That's so there's I mean. no like. There's no content. They're, they're producing yeah, nobody's... millions and millions of dollars of content, and then just not releasing it or just taking it off because they're like, I don't care. Yeah, he he definitely he's uh, he hoes them. He hoes them real good. Like if man, if I was on the board of directors and you brought him in to be your CEO. And then, like, three weeks later, he was like, yeah, the nine projects that were going to be on HBO Max are down to two, and I got rid of, like, a fourth of the content that's on the app. I think I would call him home and be like, hey, can you come explain what you just did to me? Like, what? Did you just light us on fire and yeah, laugh what? about it? Like, what just happened? How is this the, the plan? They're like, For don't worry. By saving two million in advertising, we've only lost twenty eight million dollars. Yeah, like and for those who don't know, HBO Max they basically had a whole slate of programming for twenty twenty three lined up, and then the new CEO when he came in after the HBO Max Discovery merger, uh, the the guy they put in charge of the HBO Max streaming service. He went through and he canceled, I think, roughly a billion dollars in projects and removed whole seasons that were already done and paid for of shows from the app in order to take tax hits so that they could use these tax breaks over the next like two or three years or something. Um, and he basically created a billion dollars in tax breaks. But it was at the expense of the app having spent all this money and now never... It's a loss. It's a billion-dollar loss for the app. Uh, and beyond that, there's just... It it takes time to produce and create stuff, so all this pipeline of work that they've been doing for, three, for two or three years is all canceled now. So there's all this stuff that's just not 
coming. So the HBO Max app is really light on new material right now. Yeah, and they slashed a bunch of their older programming that were paying licensing fees to. Yeah, the stuff that's already out and just exists, they just went ahead and, and, and not only did they get rid of it, but they there's nowhere else to find it because HBO owns it. So they were like, hey, look, you can you can come back home. And it's like, oh, this is great. And it's like, hey, just kidding. We're taking you off the platform so we don't have to pay you anything. It's like, well, where's it going to go? And they're like, nowhere. It's dead now. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. It's gone. It's like, well, thanks, guys. Like they don't, they make the, the the argument for piracy, not even like a like ethical one, but a logistical one. Yeah, I, I, there's several animated shows that they basically took whole seasons off of, and I don't know them, but like I've seen the communities react, and their their, their feelings were very hurt, and I I understand it. Where basically now the shows only exist, um, you know, in piracy. They don't exist anywhere else. Right. Uh, a similar thing happened to the workaholics. Paramount Plus, they were literally, I think, two or three days away from starting filming. And Paramount and they Plus... Just, they just said, nope. Yeah, the execs called them. And they, they had them on a group call at like 9 a.m., like two days before filming. So they've already greenlit. They've already written checks. Like, that part is done. Um... And they were just like, "Yeah, we don't, we're not, we're not gonna do this." That's insane to me. Like, why would you even try? Like, you're just losing out on such like. There's no way that like taking the loss is really the move. Uh, I there was um. One of the comic book adaptations was getting made into an animated series. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And it got greenlit off the pitch. For a season. So they didn't order a pilot. They ordered. They went ahead and greenlit the whole season. Like paid everyone. Hire a writer, writer's room. Do the whole bit. Like you're, you're, you're going to production. And. They also just. Re- I, don't, I don't know which one this was. I think this was. I want to say it was Peacock. Where they approved it. They, they said yes to everything. And then. When they came back from uh, Upfronts, the Advertisers Weekend, they went ahead and just gave them a call and said, nah, never mind, we're not going to do it. Feel free to shop it to other networks. What the heck? <laughs> it's, 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 it is a weird time right now for entertainment. Um, it just is. I, I will tell you, though, that I've watched some good, interesting stuff here lately, though. That being... Uh, I watched the first season of The Willow Show on Disney+. Plus. All right. I thought it was great. I thought it was brilliant. Um, for like a split second in the 80s, for those who don't recognize, who don't know what Willow is, for like a split second in the 80s, there was almost this genre of good, but funny, but well-made fantasy adventures there was princess bride there was willow and i think there's one more that i'm blanking on right now um labyrinth made uh, really what i was thinking was willow as in the will smith's daughter is in her new music thing like billy eilish did in the oh uh, i was no. very confused yeah no this is the show willow so the 1988 movie willow um again like there was kind of this moment where middle 80s late 80s there was these movies 
They had really good uh, practical effects because George Lucas and his puppet people were everywhere. Um, I mean, Jim Henson and then George Lucas. and everything. So there's all these really good movies that are out there in the universe. Uh, and then they kind of have left them all behind. So this, so Disney Plus did a a return to the world of Willow, and they did this whole first season, and it's great. It's just it really is good. It tells a really cool story, off of the core key elements from the movie. It brings back a lot of the characters. I think the hardest thing to do about all of this is because of Val Kilmer's health and his throat stuff. That basically he's done. Hmm. Um, he just can't, he had a throat cancer battle and so he just can't, he can't speak. It just doesn't work. Um, or he can speak, but it's in whispers and it's short bursts of stuff. Cause he was in the Top Gun Maverick movie and it's, and it's a very little brief scene. Um, but they handle the absence of his character really well in the, in the show. Uh, and it's part of the driving plot of everything, too. So, like, they could have even, like, even if Val Kilmer had been in perfect health, they could have not brought him back. Although I'm sure he would have loved, I'm sure he would have come back. I don't know. It's not, it's it's a really good show. I enjoyed it. Um, what else have I? Netflix has a documentary about Pamela Anderson, uh, Pamela Anderson, that I think is just fascinating. Uh, she's very honest, very earnest in it, uh, very upfront. And also just kind of her story is interesting. Uh, I didn't, there's a lot, there's a lot to her that I didn't realize. And so I really, I really, I got a lot out of it. I thought it was a really good, very honest little documentary that ends on a really positive note for her. Nice. Uh, and then Vox Machina season two is going on just, on Amazon Prime. Literally just I just caught up to that today. So good. So it good. is so so good. I guess I'm I almost, guess I'm this so week impressed be... that every episode is just like a like such a highlight. Like every single episode is like this crazy animation scenes and like it's just so good. It really is, and and they do a great job of. Like I, I've said to you personally, I don't know if we've said it on the show, every third episode, because they release them in bunches of three, every third episode's climax or cliffhanger has been so great, where you're almost like, oh my god, I have to wait a week? Yeah, it's it's eye-watering. It's so, it's so bad, because I'm like, man, I hate this, but I love it. And I, I guess, I mean, I, I'm assuming it's a 12-episode season like last year. So this week will be the last week. Heartbreaking. Yeah, I know. Uh, but I've been... I mean, there's just been a lot of decent, good television on the streamers that makes me kind of enjoy it. Um, the Last of Us has been great on HBO Max. They keep finding good material kind of in the weirdest places. I mean, it's not that weird. It was a huge game, like yeah, but seven you, years ago, Nico, the the universe is littered with video game adaptations that never worked out. I mean, that is true. I mean, really, all it takes is people that actually care about the source materials. What that's I not true. That's not. I guarantee you, 
There was a guy who cared about the source material in basically every one of these adaptations, and that did not stop them from sucking. Yeah, but what I may mean by that is like someone who's like actually in control and like ahead of this project. I, I listen. I don't. I I don't believe for a second that somebody hates the Resident Evil franchise. No, when they but make like those the guy who's movies. running it is not like the. He's not a Resident Evil stand who knows everything about Resident Evil and is like, "This is gonna, we're going to create the Resident Evil universe." He's like, "Hey, this is a fun universe. I'm going to make my own movie in it." That's two different styles of creation, right? But you don't think that they get with the the people who make. Those games, when they do this, you don't think they sit down Absolutely with them? Absolutely not. Absolutely Oh, not. I totally do. I totally do. I think uh, Silent no, Hill... One, specifically, those, because they're... A, they're, it's a Japanese company, so the the likelihood that this is going to be easy for them is not very high anyways. Oh, Japanese people speak English. Uh, no, but I mean, like, they're, they're, they just don't want to be involved. <laughs> uh, I think... Other than Nintendo, who's super, like defensive about their copyright stuff but even most then, japanese studios don't really care how terrible was the super mario movie that did come out a million years ago it was awful yeah it was yeah that's what i said like now it's recently in the past like 20 or so years but i mean the tomb raider movies terrible the uncharted movie awful and that one has everyone in it. It's got Mark Wahlberg. It's got Spider-Man. Like, it's, there's no reason that movie isn't good. And it's not good. Again, because I don't think they really cared about Uncharted like that. I think I they were just I, like, we'll just throw a bunch of really big actors and people will come watch it anyways. I, I really don't think that's the case because they, they recreate a lot of the big action pieces from the game. Yeah, it's just easy because it, it's easy to be like, oh, look, they, they, there's a huge helicopter drop scene. We'll put that in there. That's cool. Oh, look, this is in that game. We'll just put that in there. That's cool. But, like, do they actually care about the characters, Nathan Drake, his brother, the whole dynamic, like, the whole thing? I don't know if they do or not. That's really hard for me to... Because you see something like the Castlevania series, and there is so much poured into every scene. There's throwaway fight scenes that reference single enemies in the entire franchise, and... Like, you just feel the passion oozing from that project. Yeah, that show sucked, too. Yeah, and you have bad taste. That's not my point. That here. show was awful. It that was... show is awesome. Literally everyone else I've ever met be like, this show is great. Shut up. <laughs> it, it goes in the big steaming pile of reasons people don't watch anime. Castlevania Exhibit A. Castlevania is phenomenal. It is graphic. Don't watch with children. <laughs> it's terrible, is what you mean. It's if, literally phenomenal. If I graphic was in the thesaurus as a synonym for terrible, then you use the word correctly. Uh, it, I honestly, I there's just not a lot of good video game adaptations, and so it's real easy just to, for something to go wrong. And Last of Us really doesn't. It really, really doesn't. But it, it could have. I think they took just amount of right chances. It made yeah, because it's just, not just an adaptation of the game; it's it's its own thing. And and they've and they've already made uh, at least one significant change. Because Bob, Bob, uh, not Bob Odenkirk. I'm, that's Better Call Saul. Um, <laughs> the guy from Community. Oh, I don't know. I'm bad with actor names. That's not helpful. 
his character, uh, for those who, who, who have seen it, and if you haven't, spoilers, but I'm going to say it anyway, his character is only in episode three. Like, it, it's, he's, it tells a vignette. It's, it's a story of what happens to him. But he exists in the video game still. But they made uh, an artistic choice, and I think it was for the better for the series. Um, but yeah, I, I do think it's easy to... Just like with comic books, where they used to really get it wrong uh, and just make terrible, terrible adaptations, where DC still gets it wrong and makes terrible adaptations. <laughs> That's still happening right now. Yeah. So, I mean, I... Again, if this Flash movie isn't the greatest thing since sliced bread, I'm, I'm giving up. Uh, James Gunn says it's one of the greatest superhero movies he's ever That's seen. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's hyped it up so much. This this <laughs> film has been, like, it's four years late. Not four years in development, four years late. Yeah. Yeah, I don't Probably know, Probably about six or seven years in development, at least. Well, well, think about this. Just talking about bad adaptations. The movie Tomb Raider is one of the easiest concepts to get right super sexy cavern girl has guns and is in search of archaeologic stuff it's indiana jones with with a hot chick like the the formula couldn't be simpler and yet every one of those movies has, has failed there's what two of them three, three of there's them? two angelina jolie ones and one with alicia vikander who is one of the most gorgeous women on the planet. I, I didn't even know she existed until recently. I saw yeah. Tomb Raider like maybe two or three years ago and was like, that girl was beautiful. And then I just saw her in something else where she plays like a very minor role for like 10 minutes. And I literally paused it to Google who that was. I'm like, who is this incredibly attractive person? Yeah, I was like, why is this beautiful creature on the screen? What's happening? They're going to leave? She's not... what. She doesn't stay? What are we watching? This isn't the main plot? <laughs> yeah, I don't... I, I, I was blown up. First of all, she's just gorgeous, but secondly, like she's she's barely in it, and then I don't even remember what it is now. But she's she's in it for like ten minutes. She's like the eighth character listed. I was like, I had to like scroll down. Sad. But yeah, I mean, I don't know how you could do a whole movie with her as the main lead and it's still terrible, but they did. So uh, it seems like someone who, oh, to be fair, the Tomb Raiders aren't very games with a lot of depth to them no that's They're, what I'm saying like they could have gone anywhere and done anything and it would have been better than what it would have been at least as interesting as the games were right like nope <laughs> nope I don't, I don't know what to tell you Doug you don't gotta tell me anything I saw it it was bad it was real bad um so I do think it's impressive I, you know I want to give credit and kudos to where it's due and in, in, uh, the adaptation the job HBO does adapting stuff has been great. The Last of Us. Um, also, both the Game of Thrones books. I mean, it's been impressive. Yeah, that's uh, especially that one. Uh, what was it called? Something Fire? House of Fire? Fire and Ice? No. I don't know. Ice Fire? No. Song of Fire and Ice is the what Game of Thrones is. Oh, House Dragon. of the Dragon. That's War, what it is. War of the Dragon? Yeah, so House of the Dragon is like... Literally one of the craziest adaptations ever because the book it's based off of is like a history book. Yeah, and so like this telling a, a story out of the historical content. 
he lays out the most dry outline possible, and they turned it into an awesome, amazing drama with all this great character. Uh, so again, it kind of just goes back to this idea that like, there's something about, there's obviously part of the formula that HBO understands that everyone else doesn't. Yeah. Good adaptations. Yeah. In the the adaptation market. That's what I, that's specifically what I mean. Like when they adapt things, it, it goes better than for everyone else. Yeah, if you really want a great example of that, look at uh, the Halo show on uh, Paramount. That's terrible and no one cares about because it's literally so bad everyone tried to forget about it. Yeah, I never even watched it. I like... Because it's bad. Don't You don't even have to watch it. It's because it's not good. Halo okay. has probably one of the largest, most in-depth lores I've ever seen of any gaming franchise. It's got not one, not two... But, like, upwards of, like, 15 novels that you could pull from. And they were like, now we're just going to ignore all of that and the video games and then just write our own thing. It's like, okay, you've officially given up on adapting anything. (laughs) Well, and also they just have a massive fan base. This Like, that seems like one of those no-brainers. And then they, they made it. And then it's obvious they... Did it yeah, use a brain? Been, that that pr- proves my point of like it's a bad adaptation because no one cared about it. It's very clear the writers didn't care about Halo because they took nothing from Halo. <laughs> uh, on that one, I, I mean, you're probably you might be you might be right. I mean, I don't know. I, I can't. I didn't even like. Sometimes there's like they literally one did an thing interview that, where they said, uh, "We know there's books. We're not reading them." <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, but there might be a, like the books might suck. I don't know. I've not read a single thing about Halo. They're pretty much everyone who's reviewed the novels have been like they're good books. Like they're not bad. I don't know. I mean, I really don't. I don't know enough about the Halo franchise because I've never even owned. An it's Xbox. cool. It's a it's a cool universe. The games are well done, and so it's just weird that like this is already a story that is fleshed out. Like all you had to do was just do a take on it or explore something about it, and then they were just like, "No, we're just not going to do that." <laughs> no, I mean, and you're and you're right in that regard. I mean that they've done all this work for you already. You know. There's all these great moments already kind of built in, and you just go, Meh, I'm good. Um, I'm trying to think. You know, it's a weirder one that had so... I mean, they made a billion dollars off of it, and we can say whatever we want about it, but the entire Pirates of the Car- uh, Caribbean movie franchise. I mean, it's an adaptation of a, of a, of a ride. Yeah. But see, that, that that's something that there's nothing to it, and they made this crazy... Made his crazy pirate story and built everything around it and created these iconic characters and these big moments. And it's not great storytelling. Well, let me, okay, it's great. It's fun storytelling. It's not great. Help me out. What, what am I looking for here? Like, it's. It's not like prolific, but like, it's, it's fun. It's silly. It's silly. Yeah. It's not gonna. It's not gonna. It's not gonna make you question the what it means to tell a story, but it definitely is gonna be fun, and you're gonna enjoy it. And and they do. They do. Not, they're not trying to reinvent the wheel. They're literally basing a movie off of a ride. Right. And it's kind of like that one time they they made that entire battleship game. Uh, they they made that movie off battleship. Oh. oh. And that movie's you, not good, but man, that movie's bad. And, and you know what's crazy about it is Hasbro was like, we've got a whole movie universe planned. And turns out, no, they don't. 
<laughs> yeah, that was the uh, that was I think that was the height of the shared universe like Yeah, it was Marvel them in syndrome the... where every studio was like I can do it. We've got to have I can make a shared universe. It was them Universal was going to do the movie monsters. Yep. Um the Lego movie, they were supposed to do like a whole like Lego universe. Well, they kind of do, but they do it in the Lego movie though. Yeah, no, but I mean, like, they were supposed to, like, all, like, the Lego Batman, the Lego Ninjago movies, like, all of those were supposed to, like, wrap back around into, like, an ultimate Lego Avengers, but they <laughs> never went any further. You know what's funny is they could have, and people still would have, like, I, they're, they're charming, they're cute, I don't have a problem with Lego movies. No, I mean, but I'm just saying, like, that was on the pipeline of them. Like, they were also on the board of, like, <laughs> Marvel did it, so can I. <laughs> I love, Not realizing that Marvel is like a decade-old plan. Well, and that they every one of them does it the wrong. I don't know. They just it's because everyone wants the fast track success. It's the same right. thing like the NFL. Everyone's just a copycat. One person does something cool, and they're like, "I oh, can do that do, too." Yeah. And then they fail spectacularly at it. Can Can I say something crazy while we're talking about all of this? Sure. Uh. So last weekend while I was working on stuff, I just wanted something dumb on so I didn't watch it or think about it. So I rewatched the entire Fast and Furious franchise. Uh-huh. All the way through Fast 7, which is the one where Paul Walker dies and and just leaves. Mhm. The first one, The Fast and the Furious, is actually a really good movie. Yeah, there's a reason there's seven of them, Corey. Well, I mean, there's not a good reason there's seven of them. Like, it wasn't... Yeah, I didn't no say one, it was good. They, no they made ever, one good movie. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. is, like, at the time, it, it really was, like... It was like, this movie's awful. Like, it made money, but everything made money back then. But it wasn't, like... People weren't, like, breaking down the door. And, like, each of the other sequels... Again, Vin Diesel's not in Fast and Furious 2 or 3. Paul Walker's in 2 with Tyrese. They go to Florida. And then three is Tokyo Drift, and it's a whole new cast. Oh, man, I love Tokyo Drift. That's my favorite one still. So there's literally no tie-in and no crossover, and Vin Diesel doesn't come back until four. So they had, and Paul Walker doesn't come back. He doesn't do three. So there's so obviously there were there wasn't enough viewed success at the time at Fast and Furious to bring everybody back. You know what I mean? Right. But rewatching the movie, it's it, it's not it's really not bad. Um now that I'm writing a lot more, I, I really like to pay attention to like who's the protagonist, who's the antagonist in a story and things like that. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert, Vin Diesel technically is the bad guy of this movie. Yeah. Um, because it is his crew who's robbing truck drivers, stealing their cargo, and the most elaborate street ice ever conceived, um, in the craziest method possible. But as a developed character in a movie, Dominic Toretto is amazing. Like the depths they go to really kind of tell a story of the friendship between uh, Paul Walker's character and and Vin Diesel's character is super impressive. I, it's probably been 10 years since I saw the movie, and rewatching the movie, 
the way they introduce Paul Walker, the fact that Paul Walker is actually an undercover cop is very like late in the movie. Like there's already two or three scenes of him in it as like a guy on the streets before the cops show up and they arrest him one time. And then you find out when they get to like the little safe house where they're doing their undercover stuff, they take the cuffs off of him and he's actually undercover. And you're like, wait, what, what's happening? It was, it, it sounds weird to say because we've there's so the movies have become so Pirates of the Caribbean like ridiculous and and hilarious and silly and stupid, and I, I, I they even went into space I think briefly in episode nine I've got to read to watch I haven't watched rewatch those I haven't seen the ones with Charlie Theron yet I need to see the one with Hobbs and Shaw, and I need to see nine that just hit streaming and they're about to do ten I guess now, um, but. The the buildup that they do with these characters, it's really good. I I I think we're being very unfair to the Fast franchise. I mean, this kind of feels like to me. This sounds like the the, the talk that about like Jason in like the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Like a lot of people would be like, no, that first one was like something special. And yeah, then, well, like, you got to admit it did it did launch. It was the ship that launched a thousand. The, like, the yeah, girl that launched the, a Jason, ships Jason X, he's literally, like, in, in a space station killing people and is, like, part cyborg. Yeah, well, I also mean, like, the slasher films didn't really, really exist before Jason. Right. So, like, when they rip all these... So, uh, Netflix does it really well where they talk about the, the, the movies that made us. They talk about Halloween, they talk about Friday the 13th, they talk about a couple of the other ones... And Jason's the one that kind of starts them all. I think it's either Halloween or Jason that starts them all. I don't remember which. Um, but it is sort of, yeah, they're the ones that launched. They're, they are the ships that launched a thousand seat. Like it never happened before them, and now it happens all the time. But I, for a bajillion dollar movie with these crazy run times, they do just as good a job as the. Avengers and anyone else giving their characters time to show their relationships and grow their relationships and like have their little moments that you, I, I, while we've laughed at them forever, I almost feel bad now. Like they're not bad movies. Right. And hilariously enough, because this like fast and the furious is the only thing that comes even close to Marvel in its continuity. Right. Right, because there is actually an order to watching these movies. Yeah, like, these are the same people. They grow and develop and relationships form and break. Like, this is the longest, probably, film, singular film franchise, like, with continuity in, the in like, the world, right? Like, other than, like... I think it's James Bond, and I think it's Friday the 13th, and then it's this. Yeah, but even in those movies, like, Jason doesn't have huge amounts of character development. <laughs> right. No, you're right. Like, it is Newcastle all the time. You're right. Um, but when they talk about... Like, and even in James Bond, like, I get, like, they're supposed to be the same guy, but they're clearly the, not the same guy. They're clearly guy. not the same guy. Yeah. I always assume it's the same name. Like, that's this agent status. Yeah, like, I just think it's, like, a title. Like, yeah. This yeah. is this, 007. But, yeah, I think it goes... I think it goes James Bond, Friday the 13th, MCU, 
Uh, I think potentially Star Wars because there's what like fifteen or sixteen of them. Movies. Yeah, but even then, they they change cast every once in a while. Well, yeah, again, but it's just all in the same universe. So really, considering other than the death of Paul Walker. Yeah, I mean, what Fast and Furious has done is unique. Because it'll be... They're filming the 10th one, and it sounds like they're done. So it'll be 10 movies. Well, but that's where 2 and 3 really screw up any kind of impressiveness. Yeah, but I mean, they they still had the Paul Walker and probably a few other characters that have crossover. Like, I don't, I don't know if there's anyone who's in every single one. No, but they do kind of do callbacks to him. Okay, so in 2, it's Paul Walker... Um, I can't think of his name. Tyrese. And the girl who... In the other guys, the cop movie, she's the, guy, she's the beautiful wife married to Will Ferrell's character. Oh, I know who you're talking about, but I have no idea what I can't is. think of her name either. Anyway, she's, she's in real life, I believe she's married to Ryan Gosling. No, not Ryan Gosling. Uh, the guy everybody likes. Um, Reynolds? No, he's in La La Land. And him and Emma Stone are in like 10 movies together. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I know exactly who you're talking about. He, but I have absolutely no idea what his name is. Yeah, I, I, I don't either. So the two of them are married. Maybe it is Ryan Gosling. I don't, I don't know. I, I think can't... that is Ryan Gosling. From the notebook, what do you want? What do you want from me? Yeah, what do you I want? I think that's him. Okay, okay, that's Ryan Gosling. Okay, so Ryan Gosling and her are married. She does a cameo the second time The Rock shows up in the franchise because The Rock is a federal agent whose job is to hunt down international people wanted in America. So that's who Hobbs is. And the second one, he's sitting at his desk, he's caught some people, he's bored. She is the one who walks in the office and hands him the paperwork. And is like, I got a case that you, you want to take a look at. And he's like, ah, I really don't. Like, I'm going to go home and have a beer. And she's like, no, you want to look at this. And he's like, all right, I guess I want to look at this. And it's got a, a picture of uh, Michelle Rodriguez, who her character had been dead for a couple of movies. And it turns out that she's been, she's back. So, like, it, they do a really good job of bringing these people back. Like, little callbacks, little throw-ins, little thing. Like, they do pay attention and respect the franchise. So I'm intrigued by... I just think they do a really good... Having now watched them all, with literally with the intention of putting on something stupid so I wouldn't pay attention to it. By the end of the first one, I was like, why am I... Why is this so good? You're hooked. They got the hooks in you, dog. They did. They got me. Because I was like, this is way better than I remember it being. Why is this so good? And now, and then you watch ten movies in a row. <laughs> I watched, I watched that one. Then I watched the fourth one, which is because now that's when they bring. Because what was really intriguing to me was the Paul Walker Vin Diesel story. Um. So then in the fourth one, they come. They're both back in it together. Then from there, the those stories it's about the the two of them, and really the sister Robin as well. So all three of them. Um. But yeah, it's just it's fascinating. It's intriguing the way that they do it, and so I, I I will no longer tolerate the talk that they're not good movies. 
And, like, even if someone wants to argue that, oh, these these aren't interesting, like, you have to admit the uniqueness of the situation and this franchise as a whole. Again, we oh. just listed every other technically longer franchise, and only one of them has legs in terms of continuity. Right, and, and honestly, like, for these particular actors, they have to keep taking these roles because there's not, other than The Rock and Vin Diesel... These guys aren't getting any play anywhere else. You know what I mean? Like, no one's offering Michelle. I mean, Michelle Rodriguez turns up and stuff, but very, but she's very rarely like this featured as a character in a movie. Tyrese mm-hmm. and Ludacris are not featured players in any other movie. You know what I mean? So, but like Gal Gadot, she gets her start. Like her first big big role is in um, Fast Furious, the fourth the fourth one of these. And then she shows up a couple more times, and then she's the dating interest of Han, and then they kill her off. And they kill Han and <laughs> Tokyo Drift, but then and he then, wasn't dead. <laughs> yeah, and then it turns out he was faking his dead, and he comes back in the ninth one, which I still haven't seen, so I don't understand how he comes back, but I'll watch I it don't either. Enough. I always just assumed that that, <laughs> that Tokyo Drift was just the last, like the, like the, the, the last one in the series. <laughs> no, well... It goes after, I think, six. It goes one, two, four, five, six, Tokyo, Tokyo Drift, Drift, then seven, and then that's where I stopped because now and I need to watch eight, eight nine, nine, and ten. you haven't seen. Eight, nine, and then ten is going to come out, yeah. I haven't seen any of the stuff you, with Charlie Theron. Have you Theron. seen the one with the giant submarine in the Arctic? I have. I've seen it before. I've seen eight and nine before. Okay. But I haven't, and I've seen Hobbs and Shaw before. But in this rewatch here that I went on, I've seen all of them before. Okay. But this is I've the never, first I, time. I don't ever. I didn't think I've ever seen the ninth one. I mean, that, oh, and then um, they introduced the girl from Game of Thrones in the seventh one. She's the other hacker, and she sticks around. And it's got to be, like, the timing of when they cast her, Game of Thrones had to have been fairly new. Because that movie's, you know, nine, eight years old now, too. So, like, it's just interesting how they, you know, there's not a lot of, they're not in a ton of other stuff, so. Although she also is in uh, The Invitation, which I like, which is a really good, low-key vampire movie. Is that the one that's also on Netflix? Yeah. Makes sense. All right, Nico, I got a question for you. All right, hit me with it. All right, this, is gonna, this might paint me as the bad guy again, and I understand. I get it. I understand that. Okay. So Leonardo DiCaprio was photographed uh, out with a French model who is hey. 19 years old. Yeah. He is 50-ish. 50, yeah. 49, 50, yeah. whatever it is. Immediately, someone on Twitter uh, put, there's no getting around it now. Leonardo DiCaprio is a predator. He's not a predator. Is he? Uh, I mean, that's tough. I don't think he's a predator. He's Leonardo DiCaprio. That, honest, honest to God, that was my exact response to that to somebody today online. Um, some of my woke friends were, were were super upset, and I get it, and I don't... It's gross, 
And it's it's not something anyone else on the planet could do. And I totally acknowledge that. And I and I don't I don't think that that's unfair to say. But there's like four different angles to it. First of all, they're supposed to be consenting adults, you know, so like I we're not supposed to care what they do. Beyond that, Leonardo DiCaprio is going to have an imbalanced power dynamic with every girl on the planet. There's not a woman that he that he has like a peer in, right? Because he's Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, yeah, you have to, like even 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 among like other incredibly successful, talented, beautiful actresses, like he's he's been in things since he was like 14 years old. He is a legend. Like who? Who would even who would you even say compares and is date like it is the same age and dating? You know what I mean? Like first of all, most of them are married. But even if any of them are single, the only one I can think of kind of was Kate Beckinsale, who is single and gorgeous, but even she's not on the same scale as Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. So like it's always gonna be imbalanced and whatever. Uh what I think it is, is I think he loves to go out and party. I don't think he wants to be responsible. I think he wants to just kind of do his thing and party around the world and enjoy himself. Go make, go work super hard on making his movies and then just completely break down off, off set like he does and then put himself back together and make another movie. Like, I think that's kind of his bit. And I also think that these women, they know that and I think they like... The women he dates, specifically. I'm not talking about any sort of generality at all. Specifically, the women he dates are party girls that love going out, that love access to those clubs and that type of nightlife. Not just going out, but like the VIP, the bottle service, top-level stuff. Like there I'm are sure privileges that come with being Leonardo DiCaprio's girlfriend. <laughs> and probably even being his ex-girlfriend. Like, being known as someone associated with him probably gets you in at every club now. Um... And even that, I, you know, there a lot of NBA guys have tabs open at all kinds of bars and places. I'm sure Leonardo DiCaprio, I'm sure his people can just sign his name at most of the upscale establishments around the world. So, yeah, I'm sure there's a level of privilege that comes with dating him. And the type of girl who doesn't care that he's not going to settle down, they're looking for a period of fun in their life. And dating him is as much a cap in their hat as it is in his. Right. I think that's what I think the big thing that people often forget is that relationships are in fact two ways, guys. Right. Like there's there's a certain difference between Joe Schmo on the street who's fifty year old trying to date a nineteen year old and Leonardo DiCaprio dating another very attractive semi supermodel. Person. Yeah. And you're right. And like, yes, if I I am 39, my tender is set to 25. And even then you get on to me about it. And that's fine. I don't care. I get it. I understand that. Um, But yeah, if, if I were to set mine to 18, there would be a creepiness to that. There would be a level of like, what am I, what am I really saying there? Like, what is it exactly I'm looking for? Um, one of my lady friends, and even in this woke conversation with my woke friends, a couple different people basically said the same thing, where it was like, once you reach a certain age, basically the girls you date have to be able to legally drink. So 21. Like, 
after 21, I guess it kind of doesn't matter, although it's pretty obvious what you're doing if all you do is date 21-year-olds. And you're right. The average 50-year-old who's dating 21 is trying to recapture that moment, that youthful moment, uh, and uh, escaping their responsibilities and all that stuff. Yes, totally agree. And it's and it's skeezy and it looks bad. Totally agree. But when Leonardo DiCaprio does it, there's definitely a transactional situation to it. To me, at least. Yeah, it's and it's not like he's taking these girls from the from like, he's not dating seventeen year olds in another country and then bringing them and being like, oh, we're not together. Like, yeah, this person it, is he's adult, not trafficking these he's women. A part of this life, right? And he's not lining up the next one to move on. Like, okay, so Paul Walker, his wife, when he died. It turned out that his wife was 24 years old, and it was publicly known that they'd been dating for over eight years. So when you do the math, that meant, like, 26-year-old Paul Walker found this 16-year-old girl or whatever it was. That's messed up. Fine. Uh, that's bad. I don't think Leonardo DiCaprio is even looking for 16-year-olds. I think he is out at a club, and when he breaks up with girl A, he's out at a club, and he looks up, oh, and here's girl B right here. And I don't think it's ever any deeper than that. Like, I don't think he's given any thought to it past that. Yeah. Oh, who is this other extremely beautiful woman? What is she, yeah. 19? I don't care. Yeah, she's she's here. And by the way, in Europe, nineteen is 18 is a drinking age. You drink whenever you want. Which I've always thought that that should create weird dynamics. Like, how are the British not more uncomfortable with the fact that their 16-year-olds are going out drinking? Uh, because alcohol is just a very normal part of their society. It's... We I didn't, literally outlawed it here at one point. <laughs> true. I didn't realize that I was so puritanical until you said something like that to me. Like, even hearing you say it for a second, I went, ah, that doesn't make sense. That's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That, that's dumb. But yeah, no, because the internet kind of turned. Yeah, the, the internet kind of turned on Leo this week, and I don't. I don't think that's what it is. I think he goes out and parties because he's not a grown-up and doesn't feel like being a grown-up, and he doesn't have to be. He's There is no better model for a person who is wildly successful and happily living the life they want to live than Leonardo DiCaprio. Right, and again, like a lot of people also have to realize that these people are adults and they can do what they want, and obviously there's a certain element of being a known quantity. As soon as you know someone's name the everything's different just like you wouldn't talk to your boss like a casual friend or like i don't know someone you know hey this guy's a ceo oh let me just walk up to him and talk like i'd talk like anyone else even right. though like there's a certain level of like disconnect that's obviously there no absolutely. he's known by everyone <laughs> and it, it, it somehow makes us feel like we're empowered to judge his life right and we're not like we're not at all. He's just a person. He probably wants to be treated like a normal person. But No, he no, he doesn't. And he shouldn't be. Not. Yeah, no, he doesn't. He doesn't. I don't think he does. I think he wants to be treated like he's Leonardo DiCaprio. And oh, I think okay. he's... I think he wants to be treated like Leonardo DiCaprio, but he doesn't want us to judge his decisions like he's Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, I don't think he cares. I, and I If I, mean, I were him... Honestly, I don't think he cares either. <laughs> I, I, I don't think he cares at all. I don't think he cares one bit. I think if he cared, he'd have, he'd have done more of a job of hiding who he was dating. You know, yeah, there are no, famous I guess, people. I guess the Twitter discourse is more just mad because he's doing what he wants. <laughs> yeah, no, and I really do think that. I think that there's sort of a level of a bit of jealousy and a bit of, and listen, 
I don't think the woman is wrong to be disgusted at the idea that this 50-year-old guy goes around and dates 20-year-olds. I think it's fine that she's disgusted with it. And I think her reasoning for it is valid. I don't think he cares, and I don't think she cares. Yeah, I think that really what matters. You're getting bothered over something that Niobe probably really cares about. Right. I don't think either one of them are bothered by it. I think both of them are perfectly happy with it. I think she's getting the exact life out of this she wants, and I think he is getting exactly out of it what he wants. It's like I tell you, if I ever won the lottery, I would be surrounded by beautiful women, and I know absolutely why they're there, and I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, they're living their true, honest lives, and if if you have a problem with that, maybe the problem's with you. Or maybe yeah. you just have morals and they just live like somewhere outside of those. Yeah, and maybe you wish they, they had your morals, but they don't owe you that. And I think that's sort of the bigger thing. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, but true. Like, listen, we accept li- everyone, except you, apparently. Except you, yeah. When Charlie Sheen was walking around living with two uh, adult film stars and all these people on the news wanted to make a big deal out of it, his replies were always the best to it. Because they'd be like, Charlie, we hear you're living with two adults. And he's like, yeah, it's great. Why? What's your question? And then they don't have one because they thought he was going to try and... I am on drugs. It's called Charlie Sheen. Yeah. And then one time he was like, Charlie, according to so-and-so, there was so much, uh, there were so many drugs in the briefcase they'd never seen that much in their whole lives. And he said, that's not my problem. <laughs> that's a very yeah. great answer to that question. Because you're right. Just more than they've ever seen. But apparently that's a weekend to him. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, dang, that's crazy. Anyways, yeah. they should get I'm out. Charlie more. Sheen. <laughs> yeah, I'm Charlie Sheen, and this is what I do. So yeah, there's absolutely an element of like, some of these people don't care, and they shouldn't care. I wouldn't care if I was in that position. If I was Leonardo DiCaprio and I was living that life, you couldn't convince me to get a Twitter they're login. Not, they're not grandstanding on their morals, except for that one time Leonardo DiCaprio was like, "We have to stop global warming." Anyways, I'm gonna hit this private jet to go bang this. Yeah, I, okay. So like, I've heard that conversation a million times, and I'm and I'm sort of, I get what people are saying that like, oh, private flights do lend themselves to it, but I also am willing to bet that he's probably done more for climate change than most people. So like, you know what I mean, like. Yeah, I mean that's just a that's just a matter of money, though. I mean, it is. you can do a lot of good with a lot of money. Well, and, and Bill Maher though makes a great point about it. He's like anyone who's there's two types of people in the world: people who haven't flown private and people who never want to fly public again. And that's the truth. Um, if you can fly private, you probably never want to ride. I mean, just watch the clips of the people at the airport. Like I dread ever having to go to an airport again, and I don't even fly private. I just I'll drive before I'll fly it because of those crazy people. That's fair. It's only gotten worse too. Just yeah, airports, just they're just terrible. They're just giant, awful places. So yeah, I mean, I that he does he did do it and he did rub it in everyone's faces and people are rightfully to to laugh about it. But at the same time, like if you've been to an airport, you also wish you could fly private. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people. A lot. I feel like that's a lot of people. They're they're just they want to judge people not knowing, like the true situation and it's like if you had all those opportunities you would act exactly the same way also how miserable would your flight be if you're Leonardo DiCaprio and everyone wants to talk to you yeah exactly like at that point it's just a safety issue (laughs) yeah all right we're gonna thank everybody for listening and hanging out with us yet again on another episode of nerd thug radio as always come check out nerd thug radio on facebook.com uh, we got an artist of the week we got all sorts of great stuff going on we got cosplayers of the week we are hanging out doing a great thing we're going to 
Uh, I was going to say we're going to be at Adventure Begins on Saturday, but I don't actually know if that's true or not. I need to double check that. But if we are there, we'll be coming at you from Facebook Live, so check that out. Uh, anyway, thanks for hanging out. We will talk to you again next week. As always, this is Corey DLG, Little Brother Nico, and you are listening to Nerd Thug Radio. Nerd Thug Radio.